Welcome to the Edible Alpha podcast series, your source for actionable insights into making money in food. I'm Tara Johnson, the Tara's Way Lady, and we're here to talk to a wide range of stakeholders about what it really takes to grow a financially viable food business. So thanks so much for coming down to see us today. I am so excited because, on I've known you for, I don't know, a couple of years now, and we've overlapped a couple of times. And, um, and so when I was thinking about um, the kinds of sources of money and the people involved, I knew immediately we had to have Wibbick here. So I'm going to um, ask both of you to introduce yourselves for our listeners do you want to start on? Yes. Thank you so much, Tara. Sure. For the opportunity for the interview today. Absolutely. It's yeah. my thrill. Yeah. So uh, my name is Ahn Nugin, and I'm the uh, regional loan officer for Webeck in uh, South Central Wisconsin, as well as Southwest Wisconsin. So um, Webeck is a uh, microfinance organization that we provide um, uh, business education, uh, personal finance education, as well as uh, uh, lending services to uh, start up our existing business uh, that uh, couldn't go to the traditional financing route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a short version of my uh, introduction. And uh, I will let uh, Andrea, my colleague, uh, talk a little bit more about Webeck. Hello, and yes, thanks for uh, having Webeck here today. My name is Andrea Hughes, and I am the Regional Project Director for the South Central Office of Webeck. Wibic is a statewide organization with uh, offices in Madison, Milwaukee, and the Racine Kenosha area, as well as having uh, representatives throughout the state. But I manage the South Central office. That's fantastic. So, uh, you ha- how long have you been statewide? Has it been a while? Since or? the start. Since the start. Yeah, okay. Since the start, cool. we've been. This is our. We're celebrating our thirtieth year this yeah, year. So yeah, yeah. You guys have been amazing along the way. And I, I, part of the reason I really wanted to have you here is that just in my experience working with people around the state, I think. People don't necessarily know that you're around the state, so I think it's really. I really am excited to talk some more about that. Yeah. Great. Yep. Yeah. So when when somebody, um, well, what's what's the typical profile of somebody who comes to Wibic? Uh, I say they, they they probably come two different ways. Mm-hmm. One would be, and I'll let Ann talk a little bit about more uh, the the banking referral, um, or the other way would be through the education, just our outreach programs. So there, there, we have a lot of classes that we have called thinking about starting a business. So maybe you're there having that idea that uh, you would like to maybe turn into a business. You've been working somewhere that you'd like to start a restaurant. You have an idea for a food product after you've been working in the restaurants, but you just don't have any idea on how to start. What are the rules? What are the regulations? What's an LLC? How do I take credit cards? You know, so that whole process we have tons of classes for. But first of all, they simply come in and talk to us for free counseling. Mm -hmm. And we sit down and we say, hey, all right, you can do this, you can do that, you need to go talk to Tara, you're going to do this. And we use all of our volunteers and resources around the community to help them on their way. I would say our flagship class, of course, is the the business planning Mm -hmm. class. So with that, depending on where they're at, we try to guide them through that. And then, Anna, I'll let you talk a little bit about people come through your aspect. 
Yep, thank you, Andrea. Yeah, another round that uh, people come to Webex is uh, to the banking referral. You know, so when people have a idea, an idea that they want to implement uh, to start their own business, they normally think about, okay, let's go to our bank and asking for a loan <laughs> to start their business, right? And then uh, sometimes because startup business is a uh, uh, fairly high risk in the uh, traditional banking industry. So mm -hmm. sometimes banks couldn't help them out. So uh, they will direct them to uh, uh, Webex, which uh, represents the alternative financing option for the entrepreneur. Yeah, and then at, at, at the same time, you know, even though Webex get the uh, uh, second look at the loan, you know, the bank still maintain the relationship with the client. You know, including the credit card processing, like Andrea mentioned, you know, depository, treasury management, and so on. So that partnership going quite well from way back in helping entrepreneurs to realize their, their, their business. Yeah, that's fantastic. And um, I, when I work with, uh, I tend to not work with startups, as I told you. So I'm working with people kind of stage two. And I tell people that getting a relationship with the lender is like the holy grail mm -hmm. in food. You've got to have it. And the fact that they can work with you in the very beginning and start establishing that relationship is super valuable. Exactly. And not just that. You know, they still retain their relationship with the banker. That right. Them. So for the next phase of growing their business, you know, when they outgrow the service that Webex can provide, then they can go back to, you know, either traditional banking channel mm -hmm. or if they need to raise equity, mm -hmm. they can go to that route as well. Right, right, exactly. And you're right to point out that relationships are important. I know bankers are kind of um, blue sooty, not the most exciting people. <laughs> Um, to most entrepreneurs, right? But having relationships with them is fantastic. But I think with that, you know, sometimes you think of the banker or the finance guy as kind of the no guy. Um, and I don't think you always have to think about that. You know, that's mm -hmm. it's part of what we do. Part of my job is get you ready to talk to the banker. Mm -hmm. And uh, and on and being kind of our finance guy, uh, people will come in and they'll, they'll love to tell you about how they're going to bake that cake. It's the most beautiful cake and it has special chocolate from all over the world. And, and I, you know, say, well, let's see the numbers. Mm -hmm. Can you show me how much it costs you to make that cake? Are you including your time? And try to put it into a, a dollars and cents. It's almost a language to the bankers. So I think, the, I think the bankers don't, they don't necessarily want to say no, but they have parameters. They have things they need to see. And Ann is really good at taking the time to teach people how to set up their finances, how, how to present these things, why it, the, the, the particular uh, program works or doesn't work. We don't want to sink people. We don't want to just give money to to anybody, and that's where where on really does a nice job of, of guiding them through that process. Yeah, that's fantastic. When somebody comes and they've got kind of an idea of grandma's, I don't know, Italian sauce that was so good, and they're going to make a company out of it. Um, it. You have a business planning course that would help them kind of document that. Is that definitely? Um, yeah. So we offer that about four times a year, the the eight week course. So you can jump in just about any time. Um, but if you're a little bit off on that, we do have some, you know, one day things. I can look over their business plan. We can kind of help them along the way, depending on, you know, how green they are on that. But then we also have some of the other classes that you almost need to do 
maybe even addition to the business plan. You know, I mean, one of the big things is marketing. You've got to know how, who your target is. How are, who are you going to put this out to? And so uh, we have those classes on, okay, like, for example, this year we have a class on what's your first year? This is your first year of marketing. What are you going to do? Sure, everybody says, well, I'm going to open up and I'm going to get that article in the paper. Yep. Mm-hmm. You'll get that first article in the paper if you work it right. But what are you going to do to sustain the, the, the PR, to sustain, you know, people coming in your door, new people coming in your door? So, uh, you know, we have a class on your first year in marketing. So, yes, but you're right. The, the business class is the kind of first step. Yep, and then I, I would like to add one more point to Andrew Alpohan. You know, not just, I mean, we have them to build a business plan. Like Andrea mentioned, after the business planning class, they can sit down with Andrea. And then we believe, we are a strong believer in gather the community resources. Mm. You know, because, I mean, we understand that it's business in different industry and they, they have different business model to make that successful. So we, we try to connect them with the expert in that industry, in the community. You know, for example, like uh, Food Institute Finance, or, I mean, the Fit mm-hmm. Kitchen, I mean, all the organization out there, yeah, to help them out. Right, right. That's 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 a great resource because, you know, it's funny, and now that I'm, I'm in an academic environment coming from the private sector and business, and in business, I tell people you make decisions based on your network a lot of times, right? It isn't a big intellectual study exercise. And I think in, you know, now that I'm in an academia, we have much more of a thing that we're going to go off and study and write this document, right? And you're smiling, right? <laughs> yeah. how, how much of that in, <clears throat> in the reality for these people is all about, is all about the, the connections they have and the mentors they have and the people who are going to um, take them under their wing and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you be successful. Yeah. So in your business planning um, class, I'm assuming they start doing their performas. Is that correct? That is, yes, one of the aspects. And that's, like I said, everybody's pretty excited about how they're going to describe their restaurant. But when they get to the financials, uh, they struggle. They really do struggle. And so we try to work with them one-on-one. Again, score is helpful as well mm-hmm. because we can, as, as on said, if we find a specific industry. But that is a tough – that's that's hard for everybody. It is really to get those real numbers. What is it really going to cost me for insurance? What should I put on that line item? You know, so we have – Here's a car. Go talk to this guy. See what he is going to, you know, quote you. And so trying to push them down to the detail. One of the best business plans I ever saw was for a food cart. And she had everything in there down to the napkins were costing her 0.01 cents a napkin. And I'm like, okay, this girl's going to make it, you know. Right, I mean, right. It was excellent. Right, and part of it is just having that um, mentality about well, stuff, yeah. like you're going to approach the world like that. Yeah. 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 And, okay, so so somebody will come to you, they'll take the class, they'll be working on their business plan, um, they'll be working on their performance, I'm assuming, in, in conjunction with the class. Um, I'm also – assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, that most people need more help with the performa work even after that. Exactly. So I, I think when getting to the performa, because the business is their baby, you know, they're really exciting about the performa. You know? So sometimes in the projection, they're a little bit like, should like the sale go really high, you know. So that's why I make fun that uh, way back we have a slogan that we call putting dream to work. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I add one, two more, three more work with the touch of reality. <laughs> with yeah. the touch of reality, <laughs> putting dreams to work with the touch of reality. Yeah. So that create that we support people dream, mm-hmm. you know. But at the end of the day, the entrepreneur need to realize the reality, you know, go down to the number. Yeah, because actually that help them planning for okay, how many round finance that they need, you know, how many stuff, how many staff that they need, and ultimately that gonna roll through the financial statement, you know, and then that mark the or break the bottom line of their business moving forward. Absolutely. So do you have, um, is it a score folks pre- predominantly who act as kind of a mentor for them during that process or how? It's a variety. A I variety mean, the other element that we have that mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to bring up, but is our small business consultant. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. So, we, you know, we're kind of a three-legged school, right? right. You know, we have the education, we have yep. the funding, mm-hmm. but then the then the mentor, this real strong mentorship mm-hmm. comes in with our small business uh, development uh, or small business consultant. So mm-hmm. after they get a loan to, uh, with us, they're assigned to right. uh, and that, right. that's where the beauty begins because um, their job is to make sure that uh, they we see every month your finances. Mm-hmm. And some of them are they struggle for the six, first six months of just putting their QuickBooks to, together. Oh, of course trying they to, do. You know, trying to manage selling everything and doing the books. They just forget about it. But Allison's right there <laughs> saying, <laughs> okay, you got to get these in. And if need be, come in and I will work with you all day to help you figure out how to do this. Do, do you guys have a QuickBooks course? Yes, we do. Yeah. And then I, I think our business consultant is great at QuickBook coaching. You know, Fantastic. to our loan client. And then, I mean, our loan client all get access to our business consultant at no cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that is the back end of the lending process. Yeah. Right, right. So so we'll back up here. So we, somebody goes through your course, they start, they document a business plan some uh, in some degree of formality, I'm assuming, and they get to perform a um, and then they do they formally approach you then and say I I want you to consider me for a loan is that how that works yeah, yeah absolutely that that how it works and then normally what what we do is we encourage them to go to the traditional route first because I mean if they can get the funding from traditional route you know mm-hmm. uh, I mean seeding and other source first they they should do it you know and then if they couldn't get through the traditional route then they can consider us at the alternative route to I help see. them out right and then along that process I mean additional coaching coming in, like for example, we can have, we can partner with SBDC consultant, mm-hmm. you know, to provide both end of coaching to them, to fine tune the number and everything, make more sense of it. So yeah. you are um, a CDFI, correct? A Community Development Finance Institution. I think that's what that stands for. So does that mean that you have different underwriting rules than a commercial lender would? Yes. I, yeah. So because of the financial industry is highly regulated. So traditional banking, I think what we call is a box of underwriting, you know, when it approaching to, to funding. And then uh, in the scope of our discussion today, I think we discussed strictly about loan funding, you know, and there, there are the equity, you know, mm-hmm. and all convertible debt and everything out there. But I mean, we, we talk about the uh, loan funding, you know, the debt financing. So traditional bank may have a stricter box of underwriting. With CDFI, we're not regulated by the FDIC, so uh, we have a little more room, you know, so our box of underwriting is bigger. 
that give us the tool that we can support the startup community. Right, because yeah. traditional lenders typically require a lot of collateral. They love collateral. They're all about collateral. And a lot of young entrepreneurs or not-so-young entrepreneurs don't have a lot of collateral, right? Yes, that's absolutely a challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, why, that's why I think uh, we big always, we, our approach is we're always seeking out for partnership in our community. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, last year, I think we, and then collateral is a big, big thing in there when people try to start a business, right? So uh, last year, I think we started partner with Kiva, which is a crowdfunding platform that they can get up to uh, $10,000 loan at 0% interest up to 36 months with no collateral. And then, however, the client need to do the fundraising, you know, where they share the story of their business, how they get there, you know, and actually get the legwork on the crowd to raise that fund. If they cannot raise the full amount that they ask for, they get nothing from that. Uh, so okay, you see, so. so the entrepreneur needs to commit it to that mm-hmm. fundraising goal. And then we, we saw the opportunity there because, I mean, that uh, social underwriting method able to eliminate the collateral. Right, so we we jump in and we we have the pilot program mm-hmm. that we call Kiva Webic Loan mm-hmm. Matching Program. Mm-hmm. So if the client successfully raise funds from Kiva, we can match another five thousand up to five thousand dollar at uh, our standard interest rate, uh, which is prime plus five, right? Mm-hmm. But we spread that over seventy two months to make the monthly payment affordable for the client mm-hmm. and still not require the collateral, and we mitigate that risk by having the business consultant you know, to support the client, Mm -hmm. you know, to collect the financial every month, to see the issue early on, to see the opportunity right away, to leverage that and have work the client, hand-holding with the client to success. Right. That's fantastic. So that would, uh, if I'm doing the math right, that would get somebody 15000 between you and Kiva, is it? Yep. Okay. Yep. And that's no collateral. At, with no collateral. Yep. Okay. And so... I'm I'm thinking about my food clients, and um, some of them, that would work if they were in a feed kitchen kind of a situation, and feed kitchen for our listeners is a shared use kitchen where somebody actually cooks for themselves, so it's not a co-packing facility, so... um, So beyond there, though, um, you... Food companies are going to... are going to... 15,000 won't go very far with a food company. <laughs> so, so Wibic, I think your, what is your loan, your top loan amount these days? Yeah, thank you, Tara, for that question. And exactly, I agree with you. Yeah, 15,000 is not getting people really far in the food industry. Yeah. So the next level, hopefully the client mm-hmm. crow. So we can lend up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow, you do yeah. up to two fifty now, 250. man. That's yep. exciting. Mm-hmm. And then anything that above one hundred thousand dollars, we require the SBA, which is a Small Business Administration mm-hmm. uh, Community Advantage Guarantee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. So we need to get approved from that uh, uh, the federal government agency there. So is that like a there. baby SBA seven A yeah, program? Baby. <laughs> it's yeah. a baby seven A program. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Not a baby. Yeah, because yeah, seven A's go up a lot higher exactly. now, but it it and it guarantees. So that SBA program is guaranteeing Wibic, not the the loan recipient, correct? Yep, gonna guarantee Wibic loan, but I mean that allow us to free up some of the collateral. Sure, that acts as collateral still require, for you. Exactly, yeah. but we we can reduce, yeah, we can reduce that a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, if, if the number, if the cash flow from the client that can mm-hmm. prove and everything is strong, 
you know. Right. So I have this I have this scenario that's coming in my head. So somebody somebody starts maybe it's a food truck or something that somehow they manage to get a cheap food truck. I don't know, but let's that's our scenario. They have a um, they get a food truck and they're working at the feed kitchen and they start out with the fifteen thousand and now they're successful and they're going to need some more money because they'll need working capital and mm-hmm. so they still don't have a lot of net worth in their personal balance sheet. So then they come back to on and say, on, <laughs> I want $100,000 because I need more working capital. That, that, does, is that the kind of the pad, the trajectory that could be possible? Yeah, that, that kind of the trajectory. But uh, I think uh, probably the second loan they come, they come, hey, on, can I looking for another 50000 <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. So we go step up, you know. Right. And then uh, I need to re- request the client to show me, you mm-hmm. know, with the first round financing, how they're performing. You know, and then we need to ramp that up and say, okay, is that performance realistic? Mm-hmm. Is that the new plan fit in? Is that scalable? You know, mm-hmm. are they going to get a second food truck? They're right, going to hire exactly. the manager yeah. to scale that. Or, I mean, if they manage mm-hmm. it themselves, how feasible is it mm-hmm. for them? So, I mean, we look at the whole picture there. Mm-hmm. And depending on that, you know, we can, we can discuss about the loan amount and the next funding source there. Right, right. Yeah. So, when do people grow out of you? Um, there's several ways that people go out of us. Yeah, so let's say uh, we have a client that uh, go to the bank in the first place and couldn't get it because they just start up and then no history, right? So they go with us, they get the financing, and then they're able to grow their business successfully, and they consistently show profit from the last two years in operation using our fund. And then the bank come back and look back and say, wow, they already started already in business for over two years now, and they consistently making profit, and now the pipeline for the business is so strong, so now probably they can get back to the banking, traditional banking around, so the bank refinance us out and start helping the client with their traditional route of finance. I have other case where the business model is highly scalable. Mm-hmm. So then they get the funding and develop the prototype of the product and then able to leverage that mm-hmm. and get the product to the market. And now they need money to scale up the production. So the traditional bank finance in terms of loan doesn't fit with that high growth model. Mm-hmm. So then they grow out of us to the equity financing. Mm-hmm. So they go to the next the generator, you know, one sure, of our resources. Right, one of our accelerators, yeah. uh-huh. yes. Our price star program out there, and, and they grow from there. And then during that funding year, probably they consider Medicine Development Corp., you know, another mm-hmm. our partner as well, as like their convertible debt, you know, mm-hmm. so to, to get up though in between the funding round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all kind of, 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 of process depending on the business model that people mm-hmm. can grow, outgrow and mm-hmm. segue to the next step of financing. Again, financing it continuously across the business that they grow. So when they work with Quebec, we prepare, we help them to think about the long term of financing. What are the next steps and prep them on that way? That's great because I I think. Uh, even somebody like me who had a had a long business career i don't i don't think i ever in the beginning of that understood that this money thing would keep being there right mm-hmm. it doesn't go away like i had this idea it was sort of like buying a house you got your money and then you just paid the loan forever and then it, and yeah and in a business if it's if you're successful you keep needing more money and you keep needing 
bigger amounts of money because the business is growing, right? Exactly. Right? Um, it must be so rewarding to watch your people blossom from an idea to growing up and flying, you know? It's, it's got to be amazing. It is fun. It's fun to make your own money, right? You know? Yeah. So to watch them do that and to... To, to take pride in what they're doing. And, and a lot of success. hard work, too. A lot of hard exactly. work, yeah. Exactly, and yeah. Yeah. I'm really, that's why I think my position, I'm, I'm really lucky to be in my, my place right now, since I'm happy to see them successful every single day. And I mean, more than that, I think, because I have the community, the partnership approach. You know, sometimes when the client come in, not just like we work alone, but we partner with many other institutions to put, let's say, a financing package together to help them out. You know, there's some loan that I, I walked through. Like, not only we big, we partner with MDC, partner with another lead bank, you know, two other private investors. We participate, come together, and make the deal happen. And for me to see from the outside all the community resource come together and support that entrepreneur, that's spectacular. You know, that's the beauty. I love listening to you because you have the language of an underwriter. So he'll he'll use the word participate, which means a technical thing to underwriters, right? Which is different different financial institutions coming together on a single deal, right? Yes. So you have that language, but then you also have this wonderful way of making it conceptually um, understandable for people who don't share that language. Um, it's a real gift. Not a lot of people I speak with have that gift. Thank yeah. you, Tara. Yeah. Like I said, he's an excellent teacher. So when the people Absolutely. come in, it's not a it's not a lender that just says no. Uh, it's a lender that teaches you, you know, what how to get past that no. What do you need to do? And do, do you want to do that or not? I don't know, whatever it may take. Uh, we talk also that, that we have our financial capability classes, and we've mentioned a few times, you know, personal uh, balance sheet. I always like to start the class and say, okay, who here balances their checkbook on a regular basis? <laughs> you don't have to raise your hand. But, you know, and they're kind of looking guilty. And I'm like, okay, who just did a year-end individual balance sheet? Anyone? <laughs> okay. And so sometimes we send them through some of our just basic finance classes, you know, learning to understand how is, you know, how, uh, how does your spending and your choices affect your debt? Can, is there anything we can do to maybe improve your, your credit score? Um, yep. You know, and, and, and it's very helpful because when An does look at these businesses, he's got to look at the, the personal side of what's going on. Like, again, we don't want to sink people. We want to make sure that this that you can uh, afford this endeavor, you know. Uh, so I, th I think that's a that's um, I, I enjoy those classes too, and, and teaching people about that little bit of a start before you get into the big business part of it. Exactly. And, and on the other nice thing is that he can look at personal items for collateral that maybe others wouldn't be able to do. But you have your car paid off; that could be a good thing in terms of uh, looking for collateral on a business loan. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so let, yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because um, I think there's kind of this fantasy sometimes that people think they're going to start their business. And if they create their, this LLC, then, then somehow that's disconnected from their personal financial life and their, their personal financial life can be a complete horror. And then, but it won't matter because you have the, yeah. And, true. and you. it's, and it's a hard thing to to um, talk to people about sometimes that their their 
incredibly interconnected. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and your the fact that Ahn is looking at personal um, balance sheets is the commercial lenders these days do as well. The underwriters tell me for commercial lenders that they're that's like the first thing they look at now. Yeah. Exactly. So it's super important. So you teach classes about financial literacy and um, credit. Credit score, personal budgeting, um, you know, credit repair. Repair, You know, right. how do you do it yeah. and how do you repair it? We even have some things on the other end in terms of, you know, estate planning. Mm. Oh, okay, you've worked all your life. Now you have this pile of money. How are you, what are you going to do with it on the way, on the, on the way out, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, just trying to analyze uh, all aspects of it. I mean, one of our main missions is to increase people's uh, personal net worth, whether that be through business uh, could be, mm-hmm. um, or it could be just simply understanding your personal finances and tools to, to try to help you track them and, and improve. That's that's great. Yeah. So I deal with, so I think you probably um, hear the data about this, but we have a lot of um, closely held family businesses in the state of Wisconsin that are going to be transitioning one way or another in the last next 10 years. And I think a lot about that. I talk to a lot of um, particularly farm family businesses that have no estate plan, and I just want to cry. So I, I'm excited to hear that you're doing programming like that because we need it in the state. Yeah. 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 And again, that all of that comes from our belief, you know. Yeah. Any business, behind any business, they're the owner, they're the person. Right, and then hopefully that owner and that person can manage their finance accordingly, you know, and manage the business accordingly and grow that business, you know, and then hopefully he can transition that to the next generation later on to estate planning, you know, to that. But that coordination of business finance management, personal finance management together going to make the business successful. Yeah, that I, we have a strong belief in that. Well, and it shows in what you're choosing to do in terms of your programming. That's fantastic. So, okay, we're back to our food cart, and we have um, somebody who is your one of your business consultants who's coaching this person through growing their food truck. And um, and um, what if they want to open a restaurant? Uh, from the food cart transition to the restaurant? Okay, that's a great question. Yeah, <laughs> we run into that a lot. I <laughs> bet you do. So there's a reason why I'm asking that question. <laughs> yep. So um, so after they meet with our business consultant, right, we collect the financial and then I think the business consultant have them with like coaching them on the QuickBook as well, how to set that up system, right? And then we understand the number now and let's say the food cart going really well and they start generate a lot of money right now in net profit and then the entrepreneur may think, okay, so now we're fairly successful with the food cart. Now let's expand. And then let's say, okay, let's expand to have the brick and mortar restaurant. Wow. So first of all, they need to put that together in the business plan. And I think that's going to be a different type of business. Because, I mean, you move from, let's say, you serve lunch hour on the state capital for like three hours, now you're going to have the brick and mortar store with a lot of investment in equipment and in, in rent. Now it's going to be much bigger, you know, demand more working capital, now have much more staff working. So that changed completely the business model. So the first thing it come back to them is, okay, can you redo your business plan to reflect that growing plan? 
And then, I mean, if they feel confident that build that alone, then they can move forward and do it themselves with the coaching of our business consultant. Or if they need to take more educational class to revise that, then they go back to Andrea and our front-end education to develop that new model. Yeah. And then also when they develop that, we challenge them to think about, okay, in the management of that new business now, are you going to manage both sides? So if yes, how does it work? Are you going to hire a manager? to run one of the show so that you can focus on the other one. How does that work? Yeah, so they need to talk through the process and then think about all the costs and make the projection again. And we consider that and see, okay, evaluate, okay, how much equipment they're gonna buy. Can we use some of that at collateral for the for the restaurant side? Is that the lease? Is that the the model is understandable, right? Are they gonna get some leverage with the food cart to get like the marketing? You know, people out there are gonna know more about the brick and mortar and vice versa. Or it's gonna make the marketing challenging for them. Yeah, so we consider all of that again. And if everything goes well, then we, we're going to move forward, you know. If the number and everything is not supporting, so probably we can come back and ask them, okay, let's redevelop the business model five different way. Either they can. Yeah, and then up to the owner to decide where they go from. Yeah, and uh, the, the whole idea of a business model, I think, is something that um, I, uh, most of my folks don't think about the the younger, you know, the earlier, not, not younger chronologically, but in terms of a business, um, you know, you go into a business because you love, in food, because you love this food, right? That's that's why you go into it. But the idea that you have to have a business model that can make money, that needs to be funded, um, is a whole educational process. And what I like a lot about what you just said was that, um, that you're coaching people about business model. And just because the numbers don't work with one model doesn't mean you can't go away and work on it some more to get the numbers to work, right? There isn't just one way to do things. Well, and we've had that in the kind of the opposite effect where they'll come into our business planning class, I'm going to have a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they start to look at all the costs and, you know, wow, is that really going to work? And they may decide, well, why don't we try it in the food cart plan first, which is great. It's great. Then they see if they really like the business. They see if the people really like the food. And then at that point, then they can they can, they can hone in on their menu items to see what's popular. They can, you know, analyze their costs and see, you know, where the profit margin is on certain items. And then they're, they're more prepared to go into the restaurant. So, yeah. Right. Perfect. And when you're out in a rural community, um, do people come to classes in, you know, if the class is offered in Madison, are they coming to Madison? Or where do you offer classes? We work a lot with the libraries. The libraries oh, have okay. been fantastic. What a great idea. Um, so we do have classes out in the, the Dane County areas. We also work with some of the um, economic development um, organizations. We'll have some things occasionally. Even workforce development will have something on thinking of starting your own business. So we partner up with those to try to reach out. Uh, We have had some of our banking partners have some classes too. Um, So that's, but but the libraries are really a a big one for us. Yep, and then I, I would like to add also the SBDC. You know the small business development center in in those mm-hmm. uh, right. uh, rural area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're working. Let's say SBDC with UW Blackview. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, right, so we right. Work with them in, in in those area, and then many other partners as well. Right, right. Yeah. So, so you kind of do. You, uh, is it fair to say that you're kind of like a quarterback for somebody who comes they, and you help them kind of decide? Okay, well, somehow we got to make sure that they take a business planning course, and then they work on the capital structure. And so, your this resource might be good that because re- I think some somebody's got to do that to help these people, right? Mm-hmm. I, yes. Yeah, we exactly. We like the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. have both like educational arm and lending arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but depending again, depending on the business situation, probably we strong under the lending on that side. So we push more and then let our partner help them more with the educational side, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. If we strong on the educational side in that particular business model, then we let uh, our educational side play a key role there, and then we let our partner come in with the funding. And then, again, we approach with the partnership in mind. So we always try to pull together all the resources that we could in the community to support them. And An mentioned something to me about uh, client, talking about clients, clients that he maybe might think are successful uh, in terms of are they coachable? So many people will come to the table and, and we'll try to help them by suggesting that they talk to this person or that person or take these few steps and... Some will go, yes, and they go out and they do it and they come back and their business plan is improved or they're more knowledgeable on the topic. And then we may say, that's great. Now you need to do a couple more of these things. And as they grow and learn, then, then that's, that's the person that can be successful because we know businesses are always changing and <laughs> you have to keep modifying and learning. Um, however, some will come and they, they choose not to take some of the advice and they still may be Super successful, but um, but it does help to be able to be open to learning when you're trying to start a business. <laughs> even grow a business or even bigger businesses. Yep. It's, it's such a common characteristic among successful entrepreneurs that they just show up with this perspective that I'm going to learn constantly and I'm going to learn from the best people who know, you know what I mean? They're constantly looking. Just keep talking. Keep talking. Absolutely. And, And I can say sometimes... Um, investors who will call me because they're um, considering doing a, a, this is down the road, right, larger equity mm-hmm. investment. And th- one of the first questions they ask me is, are they coachable? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So it's not just in the beginning that this okay. is, yeah, it continues. Yeah. It's kind Thank of the you. five yeah. C's in some respects. Yeah. So yeah. you have five C's? Yeah. What I are call, your five C's? I call it a five C of credit. So five the, C's of credit. Yeah, the character of the entrepreneur, you mm-hmm. know, how much experience that they have in that field before they start a business, right? If they have a lot, that's great. If they're not, how can they ramp up that experience? How can they learn, go to the, the resources that we have in the community to gather those, you know? And how, how probably that they react to all the paperwork and regulation that they need to encounter, in that industry, right? And then the cap flow from, from, from their business, right, in their projection, is that like realistic? Can they achieve that? Is there any income from outside of the business? Is there any backup plan? You know, what if, like when we start, if everything go right, that's awesome. But if something go not so right, so what is the backup plan? So the cap flow is the chain of income. And, and expand that they're dealing with on, on the daily basis. You know, they need to stay positive to survive, yeah, and grow their business, right? And then collateral, 
Obviously, we, we try to overcome the challenge of collateral by introducing some smaller loan amount without mm-hmm. collateral. But then collateral is also a risk mitigation as a lender going to look into. So with the bigger loan side, obviously, we or any other lender that's going to looking for some source of collateral, you know, must have some skin in the game, right? So that, that's the third C that we're looking at, right? And then the credit, right? The credit prove a lot of how they pay in the past. Right on on the the credit that they had in the past, how their character, how they move forward. If something wrong, are they proactively uh, arranged? You know, some some people come to me, they get into a divorce. You know, or they get like a huge medical bill, got hit by medical bill. So situation like that happen. But then after that situation, they may have a lot of collection on their credit report, but they're willing to call the creditor and arrange the payment proactively after they get back on track. So those are acceptable with, with the WIPIC and the writing guideline, right? Mm-hmm. And then also capital, like how much that the, the entrepreneur put into that business. Again, skin in the game is an, that another place that we measure because if they believe in their business, they should put some of their money in there. They cannot leverage the, the 100% out, out of the blue and doesn't have any skin, right? So, so that is the vice of credit when I look in, in, into a business loan and have them moving forward. And talking about capital and character and, and, and savings and personal finance, it's wonderful when they come in, and even if they have $1,000 they that they've been saving, they've set it aside, and, you know, anything to show that they're thinking about the fact that they're trying to prepare to open a business is, is a great, uh, great element <laughs> to see in a young entrepreneur. So our... Um I, one of the other things I think about when that people don't necessarily understand about Wibic is that um, um, I think you started well. The acronym is Women's um, Right. Right. So you started <laughs> out there, right? And yes. and now you lend to everybody, right? So we started out. We are a women's business center. So that's funded by the SBA, the Small Business Administration. Um, so our name is WIBIC, or Wisconsin Women's Business Initiative Corporation, which is really long to say, or WIBIC. So the idea was to, to provide a safe place and to encourage all the women out there to get start businesses. Um, I've had clients in today to, that said that, you know, she went to her accountant with her husband, talked about starting a business, and she felt like the two of them were laughing at her. Mm-hmm. And so this is a, you know, a safe place to come and and. Mm-hmm. and and yes, you can make money from doing quilts and making chocolates. And there's a lot of lovely things out there that you can augment your salary. Maybe it's not a big, huge business, but maybe it's just part-time or to cover some of your expenses as you go into retirement. What a lovely thing to, to be able to do your craft and make some money off of it. That's great. Um, but we are open to everyone. 30% of our clients are gentlemen. So... Uh, yes, we love to have everybody walk in our door. And usually the guys come in when they first talk to me. Sometimes they blush and they're like, is it okay that I'm here? And I'm like, yes. So, uh, yes, thank you for bringing that up because sometimes people do feel that it's just for the gals. Yeah, I I gave a a talk um, a couple weeks ago in a small town in Wisconsin at the Chamber of Commerce, and um, I had a woman come up to me afterwards who was from the Philippines, and she had um, she had been a, a, a kind of a she must have been like a not an RN but the uh, kind of a healthcare worker without the RN certification. 
Do you know this woman? Probably. Yeah. She's, he's like, head is bouncing. I don't know. So she, but she, I, I, I it, during my talk, I, because I, I talk about my business and um, the story of starting a business in the pit of the Great Recession. And um, and I, I said, it, I say at one point, I don't think people realize how hard it is on entrepreneurs when you're starting a company and you have to present to the public like everything is fine when in fact everything is not fine often, right? That's true. And she got this huge smile on her face when I was saying that and I connected with her. So I talked to her afterwards and um, and she said that uh, everybody. She said I didn't. I decided I was going to have a business where I was going to have a home health care business and um, do a lot with elderly parents, right? And um, and everybody told me I couldn't do it. They thought I was crazy, including my husband. And I said, No, I'm going to do that. And she now has 78 people working for her in seven counties, and their heads are bobbing because it probably means that they worked with her. But I, it, it's just a, a tremendous example to me of, of she is like the embodiment of uh, one of your success stories, a, a incredible lady, which yes. she's accomplished, mm -hmm. right? And then if the lady that you mentioned is the same lady with, that mm -hmm. I'm working for, which I believe she mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so she come to Webeck, you know, uh, she applied for the first round of finance from mm -hmm. Wayback. And at that time, I think the financial that she have is handwritten. I'm so, sure it was. So she just have like, okay, I got the contract from that care center there. I got the contract from the hospital there. So she just all handwritten and repair. And then after going through our process, she able to secure a life credit, you know, and, and a loan, yeah, that, that helped her grow her business. And then she grow successfully after only three years. With our coaching and everything, now she get all the QuickBooks, you know, she have all the financial in place, and she's ready to apply for the second round to grow to other county closer to Milwaukee. Right, area. right. And, and, and form another partnership. So, I mean, that is the tremendous relationship that uh, I'm lucky enough to see her grow and really happy for her. Yeah, isn't that yeah. fantastic? And and I, I think that... Um, I think this is particularly interesting. It's hard for women because um, I think there is still something about our culture that when women are the ones who say, boy, I think I want to start this business, that there's a lot of more skepticism, I think. But it's growing leaps and bounds. Totally. And minority women are really out there showing us what's going on. So that's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I totally agree. You know, and as somebody who spent most of my business career kind of hitting the glass ceiling kind of at every step, it's it's incredible to me to see what's going on. So so how many, uh, just roughly, um, seat of the pants, you may know this specifically, but how many of your, the people you work with are minorities or immigrants? In, or? in Milwaukee, it's about 84%. Okay. Statewide, it's about 54%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And are the, do you know whether, um, do you keep track of whether they're immigrants or not? Is that, I don't think that's something the SBA has us track, right? Yep. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I don't, we no, don't I don't. We I don't. don't um, you mean, are they, yeah. Like first generation, new to the country kind of folks, you know? No, we don't have that. Yeah. We don't ask that. We ask about every other yeah, I know. question. We have these big people. Yes, yeah, so many forms, SBA, but we don't ask that. Yeah. But we do work with the SBDC. Um, 
and we run a Comienzos program, okay, and which um, helps reach out to our Latino friends. Mm-hmm. And so we that person is housed part-time at our location. She's from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we work with the Latino Chamber of, of Dane County. Um, so we work with a lot of people that are, are coming in and starting up businesses, and it's it's fabulous, yeah. Yeah, I but think we just don't really necessarily track Yeah, you don't track way. it. Yeah. It's it's such an interesting I have a daughter who um spends a lot of time in Latin America and she she has said to me that the people who are leaving to come to the United States, the tragedy for the country is that those are the most entrepreneurial people in the country are the ones who are leaving to mm-hmm. come, right? Mm-hmm. And so we we're just blessed with we're the re- recipients of yeah. these people who are so entrepreneurial. Because it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of hours, exactly. you know. Exactly. It's not, it's easy. You don't have insurance. You don't have, you know, you're putting your home up, uh, your cars up uh, as collateral and hoping that it works. And you're trying to navigate through the system of regulations that maybe you don't understand. That's where Arlene has run a couple businesses herself. So she really helps them not just from a language barrier, but a yes, you have to get a permit. Yes, you have to, you know, do your taxes. <laughs> yes, you have to do these things to to be a viable, you know, building business in if if, if that's what they want to do. And so she helps them through those hoops. Right. That yeah. that's that's just great. So what have I missed about your you and your work? I think we cover like yeah, fairly lots. extensive. Yeah, the spectrum of the work that we've provided. Yeah. I think so. I think just yeah. to just to make sure that if people have an idea, just come in and start talking about it. Maybe it'll work. I mean, sometimes people go through our business planning class and they realize that uh, it won't work, or I'm not quite ready yet, and they come back. Sometimes they take it twice, so, or they just analyze that. Um, you know, that I need to stay in my job a couple couple more years till I can get this figured out. Or as Ann said, maybe they need to get some experience. Lots of times they'll come and they'll want to do something, um, but we guide them elsewhere. So I, I, I guess it's just a matter of uh, give it a try. Yeah. And then I, I think one of my last companies financing some time with the tech time, you know, so they need to predict for the time frame that out there. You know, sometimes our average Turnaround time is around four to eight week process for lending services, but that depending on the complexity. You know, if we put on the SBA guarantee, then it takes another four weeks, you know, and then that on average. And then right. obviously that hopefully everything goes right and smoothly, right? So if we have many partners involved, then many more negotiation. So the entrepreneur need to predict that time frame and plan for it. Because financing, they come, but it took time to put the, 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 the package, the partner, and everything together. Right. Yeah. There is no such thing as emergency capital, right? Mm, yes, <laughs> yes. So, the next day is hard. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> next day is hard, yeah. And you have to have all that documentation yeah. done. Right. So, yeah. Well, thank you both for coming and thank for you. doing the amazing work you do. It's, it's, um, I'm inspired. I'm listening to you thinking, okay, I'm going to go start a new business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it, with help like that, that makes a huge difference. Thank you so much, Tara, oh, for you're the welcome. opportunity. Yes, thank, thank you, you for your time. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for listening. You can get more podcasts by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And you can learn more about Edible Alpha by visiting our website at ediblealpha.org.